can I make a prototype that can somehow, you know, help me understand how the remora disk works? And also, can I can、uh, if I put the disk on a robot, can I mimicking the remoras like a hitchhiking motion when they swim and then attach? Know from different angles how they approach the surface and how they catch up with the surface. We also showed one figure in our、uh, paper to answer a question: is how Remora can hitchhike into an object with relatively moving velocity. So it's like this thing is moving, then Remora goes up. For example, the kingfisher, you know, you know kingfisher birds, they perch the on the on the trees and、uh, near the water surface, and when they see the fish. Down there, they quickly dive down and catch it up and return to the tree branches and eat the fish. So that's what they do for the whole day. So the whole transition process, or even the whole prey process, takes no more than three seconds. So that led me to think: okay, our robots need to transition as fast as possible. So, and how we can do this? You know, so this is our purpose. We want to make a robot that can transition. As fast as possible. In this podcast, I'm sharing my passion and curiosity for soft robotics, where we share inspiring stories about the work we do and how we can push the limit. I am Mara Dwini, and this is Soft Robotics Podcast. Support for this show comes from Science Robotics Journal. I really find Science Robotics to be a great resource for reliable and tangible research, where we can really push the limit of the science we do in robotics. Great way to stay up to date with the published article is checking out the released monthly issue. All the links will be included in each episode description. We will also happen to have a regular conversation on the most published science robotic articles, where also you can contribute with your question and thoughts about the research. Thanks, Science Robotics, for sponsoring Soft Robotics Podcast. Asking you about maybe the story behind the glimpse behind the aerial aquatic robot. Can you tell us briefly the idea behind this paper before deep dive in the design consideration for this robot? Yeah, yeah. So actually, uh, it's this uh, this robot is inspired by two things, two animals. One animal is remora suckerfish.、Uh, the remora suckerfish.、Uh, we our group started to do this work almost ten years ago. Uh, this remora suckerfish can hitchhiking on many marine large animals like the whales, the dolphins, the sharks, and sea turtles by using its、uh, suction disc on its dorsal side. And this suction disc is very unique. It's evolutionarily modified from its first dorsal fin into a very particular shape. And this disc, disc can provide can provide very powerful suction on water. Uh, and also, they can have a, a adaptive adhesion to, you know, a lot of uh, uh, surfaces with with different roughness and with different、uh, surface properties. So、uh, this feature、uh, intrigued us to understand what is its morphological functions. So our group studying、uh, investigating the structure ten、uh, years ago, as I、uh, mentioned. 
And then we published the first paper actually um, in 2017, 2017, also on science robotics, just by introducing its um, a fundamental mechanism, how the disk works. We found that the disk has a disk leap as a surrounding to creating the seal. And also inside, they have a rows of namelli with microstructure on it. And these rows can be actuated by muscles so that they can control its microstructure engaging a surface or not by so that they can control their friction along the shear direction. So we found this mechanism, but uh, at that time, we make a very simple robot in 2017 uh, with tethers, with battery outside, and also the robot is uh, cannot move well. They can just move up and down by sticking to a, a flat surface. So after 17, our group is thinking, okay, so I think we should uh, uh, improve the disk so that the disk can uh, adhesion, uh, adhere to more complex surfaces. And also we want to improve the agility of the robots. Uh, so this is our two initial thoughts in 2017 after publishing that paper. Um, so we, after uh, 2017, we keep looking at the animals. We found the remora as a disc is, and has another unique feature that the remora disc, they can only use part of a disc, like a half of the disc or just one third of a disc to stick to a surface, or they can stick to a surface with many holes or porous surface. So this is not, a, you know, it's it, this cannot be achieved by traditional suction copy if, if you think about its uh, fundamental principle. So we want to figure out why this happened or how this happened. So we're using uh, a lot of uh, you know, biological observing tools like micro CT, and also we use a surface like a, uh, observation technologies, uh, and also we use uh, 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 like a DMA or other uh, scanning microscopy to look at its structure into great details. We found that uh, the disk have a very special structure which allow the disk to have redundant adhesion. So we call this redundant adhesion uh, because it can uh, stick to the surface just using part of it. So, and after understanding this, we make a biomimetic disk and we want to find a, you know, add into a robot. So th this leads to the second contribution of this paper. So the disk is one contribution and the second contribution is a robot. Um, you know, the initial thoughts we think of adding the disk to our area aquatic robot that can cross air water boundaries. Okay, so my student is talking about this. If we make an underwater uh, robot that can stick underwater, you know, you cannot do better than animals. So is there any point that we can, you know, beat the nature in some sense? So that's our initial thoughts is, okay, let's find a robot that can do better than the animals. That is a remora suckerfish. Is there anything we can do? So let's try to make the robots not only can stick underwater and also swim underwater, but also they can fly into the sky by crossing the air-water boundary and also using the same disk that it can stick in the air, you know, in the surface in the air. So there's no animals can do this. 
So in such a way, you know, we'll con con convince ourselves and saying that, okay, at this point, there's no animal can stick both in air and water and also by crossing the air-water boundary. Um, so we can beat the nature in some point. So I think that's uh, uh, how we get inspired and, uh, you know, uh, the path leading to our, <laughs> mm -hmm. our robot design. Very interesting, very interesting. Maybe a quick question here, really, about the adhesion. Maybe the first part about inspiration from this fish, for example, and the adhesion. When we look to the gecko, for example, some people work in, in inspiration from the gecko. What does differentiate, maybe that's the basic question, the adhesion? Is it because of the medium here, water, and here, wool and services? Just the basic part, the adhesion. What's different, like gecko and the remote fish here? What's different yeah. for adhesion? Okay, so gecko adhesion is by vulnerable forces, you know, that's molecular interaction. Uh, so it's mainly uh, can work in the air. So when it's merging on water, this kind of a mechanism doesn't work well. Uh, so remora is, adhesion is very different. So its principle is by using uh, pressure differential and the, uh, the mechanical interlocking by uh, microstructures these two coupled mechanism together to that's a principle of the remora so it can so and also it's flexible so that it can adapt to rough surface and and creating the pressure differential and at the same time its microstructure can engage we call it mecha mechanical interlocking with the my, the surface uh, local asperity so that's a that's her principle of remora which is different with with geckos you mentioned the beginning you focus now on bullet intelligence and maybe I want to ask you again here about the architecture because I think the main thing again about the morphology of the remora fish here and inspiration, the basic part of the morphology. How do you see the interplay between the material and architecture or the morphology when it comes to fish itself and then when you try to surpass what you have already as a feature now going from the air, from water to air, and he had combining all this together, the material and morphology. How do you see all this together play in the design, the material and architecture or morphology? How the, these two play together, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I think this is a very good question. So actually, I think material is real important uh, because first, a remora disc is soft, not only uh, on the, like, uh, the, the surface, like the skin that interacting with the, the surface, they has to be soft uh, or soft enough so that they can adaptive to, uh, self-adaptive to uh, to rough surface. And, uh, you know, they can create a seal better. And at the same time, the, the, the overall disc is also soft. It's not stick like a rigid uh, suction cup. It can bend, you know, so that uh, think about the remora, they can stick to like the tunas. The tunas of the body is not flat. You know, it's a it's curved surface by both X and Y axis or axis or lateral directions along. So they have to bend this disc to fit uh, the the uh, the host surface. So that's, I think that, that requires the soft materials. Um, uh, by, by uh, to implementing this, the flexural stiffness of the disc, we use uh, like uh, silicone rubbers and many other uh, soft material to realize this. Uh, but I believe that in the future, we can use smarter materials uh, that can tune the stiffness 
so that it can you know adapt to more surface as well and and also there's another structure adaptive structure which is a uh, 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 is a propeller of the of the aerial aquatic robot is a is a, the propeller self folding propeller so it can unfold in the air so it's shaped like an aerial propeller when it's merging on water it will become a folding to a hydrofoil so it's dynamic will shrink like this so in this way it can work efficiently in both on water and in the air and what is special is if you see our paper we show during the transition this kind of uh, a self-spanning or self-unfolding from the air from on water to air will increase the speed of the transition to like a 60 percent now so i think that's very interesting because you know this the thing uh this self-folding propeller can not only increase the efficiency when the robot is working on water or in the air but also can increase the speed of the transition so i think that's why I think that's another uh, morphology thing uh, we incorporating into the robot. Mm -hmm. When you mentioned the design surpass what we saw already in um, in evolution, for example, that what you said, what the first step in the design thinking about? Yeah, you have to consider that if you try to push beyond what we have as an inspiration, bio inspired, that we have to push that to a certain level. What are the process to the design thinking or the most significant part that something we have to figure out if we want to push beyond what we have in evolution, for example, in this paper, for, for example? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think the design thinking is every lab have their own philosophy of design thinking. Some design, some labs may aim for like a you know, higher performance, higher metrics. So they had their design thinking. For our lab, it's uh, the first principle is trying to answer the question in biomechanics. So we try to make the prototype as similar or as biological relevant uh, as animals do. So by creating this kind of disc or any other robot or biomimetic robots, we hope to use the robot or the prototype to answer some of the biomechanic questions, biomechanics questions we're willing to answer. So uh, I think that's our design thinking is, okay, can I make a prototype that can somehow, you know, help me understand how the remote disk works? And also, can I can, uh, if I put the disk on a robot, can I mimic him the remorse like a hitchhiking motion when they swim and then attach you know from different angles how they approach the surface and how they catch up with the surface we also showed one figure in our uh, paper to answer a question is how remora can hitchhike into an object with relatively moving velocity so it's like this thing is moving then remora goes up and according to these robotic experiments we found that okay remora is first by approaching and there is attached the following stage, which is a uh, uh, or sliding stage, before the attached the following stage. So this is uh, uh, this cannot be uh, revealed uh, without the robotic uh, robotic experiments. So we use the robotic as tools to answer the scientific question, and that's our design thinking. Mm -hmm. Maybe in the coupling of this, the aerial and aquatic, for example, here, is there something maybe? 
very challenging in the design, maybe in counterintuitive or trade-offs sometimes. Is there something you can share or very exciting or be counterintuitive or hard to just to understand the coupling um, between transition from water to air? There is any parts you can share about maybe counterintuitive or not easy to understand or was challenging before being published in the paper? <laughs> okay, so um, I think the uh, first thing for this kind of robots is um, not too many people can uh, have done aerial aquatic robots. There are some papers, but in our paper, we, sh we just want to make the transition faster. You know, some of the papers use like a buoyancy device to let the robot first float into the surface and then the engine start rolling and then pull it up out of water. The whole process takes like uh, over 20 seconds or even one minute or even longer. So I think that's not animals do. Animals just the transition very quickly. For example, the kingfisher, you know, you know kingfisher birds, they perch the, on, the, on the trees and uh, near the water surface. And when they see the fish down there, they quickly dive down and they catch it up and return to the tree branches and eat the fish. So that's what they do for the whole day. So the whole transition process or even the whole prey process takes no more than three seconds. So that led me to think, okay, our robots need to transition as fast as possible. So, and how we can do this? You know, so this is our purpose. We want to make a robot that can transist as fast as possible. If we look at the video, we just, we want to make the robot look like a kingfisher. So that's our uh, initial tuition. And then, uh, so uh, our design is trying to make the robot move uh, between the air water surface reversibly and as fast as possible. Uh, so that's a, the, the challenge is if you want to realize this, you have to make everything like, uh, you know, waterproof engineering question to be well soft because we want to test it multiple times. So, uh, there's a in and out of water uh, for about uh, 30 times and then it doesn't break everything. So that's a challenge. You, you hope to get some very good data, and then you have to make the robot as robust as possible. Mm -hmm. Maybe can you push more again and explain more about the transition? If there is any other way you thought about, uh, since you already mentioned the traditional approach is maybe 20 seconds, but do you have any other idea that could make it faster? I don't know if you can explain more in detail this part and maybe other, maybe sorts of idea you thought about uh, this transition and maybe failed or something. If you can share this, uh, yeah, the, the possibilities beyond what were in the paper for fast transition. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I can I, I can share some of the uh, uh, the knowledge, but although I haven't tried it, but I, uh, we read many other articles, very good studies. For example, somebody using uh, like a explosion way to propel the, uh, the robot out of water so the speed, the transition, or the propellant speed is really high because the explosion happens and then it jump out of water in just you know less than half a second or something. But it's not reversible. Once explosion, and then if you want to make it re-explode it, it has to take a long time. So we, after looking at all the possible solutions, we still think we still choose a propeller solution because we think this is still the most efficient, robust 
and a stable way to make the robots transition well because um, you know you can make it reversibly transition while other robots although their mechanism the transition mechanism is could be quite new using chemical ways or using some other like uh, uh, some other like material way to overcome the water uh, water surface tension but the thing is uh, it's just one time you know when you jump out if you want to reach out that's that's not possible you know? Uh, so I, I think our our approach is, is is you can reversibly transition at a very fast high frequencies. Mm -hmm, great. Maybe I'll ask you, Lee, um, in the bio-inspired maybe design field, uh, if there is something you disagree with, maybe you maybe highlight the part of the transition. But in generally speaking, do you something you think, yeah, doesn't make sense to you, or the approach is maybe that's maybe not the right way, or you have disagreement. Do you have any critical social disagreement in general for design and bio-inspired field? Different views or different opinions, yeah. Yeah, so I I think I want to share my my views on the by inspired. Uh, for example, this robot, our robot, uh, in this paper, I would say the disc is biomimetic, so it's it's not only bi inspired. We just try to replicate the morphological features of the remora disc as much as possible. So I think that's all. We have a biomimetic disc. Well, I think the robot, the aeroequinic robot, is not that bi-inspired because the animals are using the for example the flapping wings or some other ways to you know get out of water or using like the fish jump out of water by using tail flapping but we did not use that we did not use a robot fish to jump out of water we did not use a bird to you know leap out of water we use a traditional propeller that's because um, I think it's more stable and more uh, uh, robust way to get out get out of water. So according to the uh, to uh, the the two things on the robot is, I think the my views to Bioinspire is uh, use a biomimetic structure. If you hope to answer some of the scientific questions, you can use a build a biomimetic prototypes. But if you want to reach a really high engineering performance, I think you should look at balance the bi-inspired and traditional engineering ways uh, together. For example, the self-folding propeller is some sort of in the middle of, you know, of the foldable wings and traditional propellers. So if you search in the trade or search the trade-off points is a self-folding propellers. So they can still have some like a buy inspired ideas, but it's still an engineering device. Mm -hmm. So that's my point. Mm -hmm. Maybe also point about redundancy because you both mentioned and how do you see the redundancy here, the transition from the air to, for example, water to air, and also if there's failure in the actuation, how do you see this process going on? The, is it something and. I don't know, since we about the intelligence, is it something in morphology, like physical intelligence only, or control? Yeah. Yeah, so first to answer your first question about redundancy, we use redundancy in this paper to describe the disk, uh, not the whole robot, uh, or uh, describe the adhesion, not the transition. So, uh, but the, 
advantage of of redundancy is in many nature's uh, surface they are incomplete. They only have a very narrow strip. They are not like a perfect, a full, smooth, flat surface. They're pretty challenging. They're rough. They're slippery. So, how did the remora can overcome these challenges? Because they have their disc have the redundant features by just using part of the disc and still sticking on it. So, but I think the redundancy not only refer to remoras, but also some other. I think the gecko have some sort of redundancy as well, because if it, the gecko can use part of its tones to stick on the, to to stick on the surface, because the geckos have a lot of hairs on it. So, uh, the redundancy can provide the robot with, uh, with some sort of a, we call embodied intelligence, because it can reduce uh, control. Cost of the control. You, if you want to make a robot with a traditional suction pad to stick on the some of the some surface like an incomplete surface, you need a perfect control. You need perfect vision and then feedback control method uh, algorithms. But if you have the disc which allows you to to stick by using just part of it, so you and then your control is simplified. So. This is some sort of way it can provide you a mechanical device that can reduce the control cost, which is good. So, and, and that's what my answer to your uh, redundancy. And then you talk about the actuation, right? Yeah, so the actuation of this, uh, the, this, uh, the current robots is not that, uh, uh, I would say it's still, we use a hydraulic way to actuating the disc. And also, we use a traditional brushless motor to control the to actuating the the rotors. So it's not too special. Uh, but we choose our components, uh, property components that can reduce not not spend too much power and uh, that are lightweight and waterproof. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. So not too special on the actuation. Yeah. So since we're closing, I have a few questions for you. The, uh, maybe the first thing, what maybe still missing, you mentioned that this robot's really about what we have in evolution, but when you try to think about the question in your mind, um, yeah, still missing, or if you can share the thoughts in your mind about the end goal, or maybe the point that you think to push again uh, the design, do you have any kind of thoughts in your mind or still missing in the design in general here? Maybe in the paper in general, in the bio-inspired or bio field, what's missing? Is there? Or maybe question you mind is saying, still not really considered. Yeah, in this paper, we try to push something, but maybe you wish for more, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this paper is still have several limitations, not just one. So, but if I, I at least the, the one of the most thing we want to do is for the next is add some uh, sensory feedback. So right now it's still tally operated by humans. So we have operator control the robot. So, but I think the robot, if you think about the future application, possibly, you know, you can tag in the whales. So that's something I really want to do is like, if you use the, uh, the, uh, the robot to help to understand some of the ecological questions, like, uh, you know, tracking the whales and understand how the whale populations, to understand the whale population or how much the whale eats, and how much they, they pump out, those clustering need the drills. And sometimes, not only drills, but the drills that it can dive down into the water and even attach, attach to, the, to the whales to get more data of the animals. So 
to realize this long term though, you need add a sensor to the bike. You need add a camera to it by, you know, uh, to uh, which and also algorithm which allows you to recognize objects or animals across air water boundary, which means that you can re recognize the whales uh, when the airplane and when the, when the drone is in the air, so they can you know, dive down into the water to you know tag the whales in some sort of sense. So that's uh, that's one thing I think the robots needs to add. And also I think the current robot cannot uh, dive very deep. Uh, they can only dive to uh, depths of, of two meters autonomously. Uh, it can uh, stick to a swimming host, uh, dive down to deeper, but it's not self-actuated. So we hope that, that the robot can reach a deeper depth. Mm -hmm. Maybe a few questions. The first thing about the functionality, what other functionalities you wish maybe integrated maybe in the material in this robot, if you imagine or the morphology or architecture in the design. Is this certain functionality you think that no, I wish I can add this functionality? Um, of, it, it, the functionality is, uh, uh, you mean the, uh, the research, from the research point of view or from the application point of view? So Maybe both, if there's okay, something so, maybe, yeah. Yeah, so I think the transition is actually, uh, I talked to several guys, uh, research scientists, they are pretty interested in reading air water transition, but not only just by using the, like a propeller designs, they can use some other materials, special materials like uh, uh, even origami or some other structures that can be one shape on water and be another shape in the air autonomously without any power input that can you know, change the shape. And also, can this shape be uh, uh, be helpful to the transition process? So that's uh, you know uh, using in one sentence is using smart materials and structure to realize the transition or boost the transition process. That's one research topic that people are interested in, and I think that for future applications, are we need to solve uh, the problems more from the control side. That means how do you make the robot more autonomously? You know when you when the robot fly out of your side, it had it has to be working in some at least a semi-autonomous way. You have can this robot can tr make a transition in an autonomous manner. Uh, this is a from a, more from a system control uh, 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 question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe the last question: If there's any other animal in Animal Kingdom maybe inspiring in the design, and if there's something you'd love to change in the design. Maybe in this paper, is there something you think hmm. maybe in the future iteration we just to change certain aspects of the design? Well, that's a very good question. I think the body of the, the robot can be altered to many other shapes, not look like a cutter rotor. You know, this is a very classic engineering shape. Uh, like many birds, uh, they have perfect design of, of, of the. Uh, the wing and the body shape when it's dive out, dive down into the water, so they can make the drag very low when entering water, uh, to re uh, to reduce the fluid drag, and also they can quickly, you know, spanning the wings out to return to the flapping states, and you know all the water, the water can quick can be quickly 
slash love. So this requires new mechanisms and new materials to be involved in the future studies. I think there are some studies, uh, uh, like uh, the Professor Milko Kovac, which is also the co-author of this paper, who has studied some like uh, fixed veins, how the fixed veins can dive into water quickly. Uh, so this that's uh, in some sense like a you know morphology things, but I think we need smart materials, material side also getting involved to make a, a faster or high performance transition and more bio inspired. Wonderful. I, I don't know if I have any final words to like to say or maybe other questions left maybe to maybe ponder about and the, about the paper or maybe in this field in general. Other final words you'd like to say here or thoughts, yeah. Oh, thank you. So I would say first, biomimetics is very interesting field. Um, so there are unlimited questions remain to be answered uh, in the area of uh, biomechanics. While the robot is a very powerful tool to, uh, to answer those questions. So I think that's uh, why we do biomimetic robots. I hope people are getting more interested in this field. And also I think the area of quantic transition has just started. This field is, uh, I think they have um, future promising future applications. Uh, I think, I hope that in the future we have more materials, more smart structures, and more control people to get involved so that we can make the, you know, uh, area aquatic transition this uh, robot better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Again, thanks so much. It was really inspiring listening to you and uh, congratulations again for the paper. I, uh, I think it's really Thank you very much, Marva.